to thank everyone for coming today. Uh, hopefully this will be a very informative session for you. Uh, my name is Melissa Cow. I am the dietitian with the Faculty and Staff Wellness Program. Uh, I've been with the university since June of last year in this position. Uh, I am an alumni of the university, graduated from the Medical Dietetics Program here on campus. So it's good to be back home, good to be on the other side of the university and to be teaching myself. Hopefully you're going to find out a lot of information today and hopefully you're gonna go away with some easy and helpful tips to adding more fruits and vegetables to your daily diet. Um, and we're gonna figure out why that is very important. The first slide we have here is that April is Cancer Control Month. There's actually a yearly proclamation by the president to announce April as Cancer Control Month. I actually have a copy of this year's proclamation. Um, I want to point out one of the, or highlight some of the things that were discussed in the proclamation. One of the quotes says that individuals can reduce their, reduce their risk of developing cancer by practicing and note the first statement here, by practicing such things as one, healthy eating habits, two, exercising, three, limiting sun exposure, avoiding tobacco, knowing your family history, and getting regular health screenings from the doctor. I find it very interesting that following a healthy diet was the first thing on that list of things that we can do. I wanna also point out that we are making progress we at Ohio State know that with the James Cancer Center and the Solon Research Institute, that we are finding ways to combat cancer and to fight against it. Cancer-related deaths have declined for the last two consecutive years, and 30 years ago, there were only 3 million cancer survivors. Now there are more than 10 million cancer survivors in our country. So we are going somewhere we can continue to follow down this good path. Although the president makes the yearly proclamation to make April Cancer Control Month, the American Cancer Society encourages us that every month be Cancer Control Month. Cancer is the second leading cause of death in the United States, second only to heart disease. And diseases of the heart include things such as arrhythmias, high cholesterol, heart attacks, high blood pressure, and peripheral artery disease. Cancer is right there at number two on the list. So today we're going to focus our cancer prevention towards fruits and vegetables and how they can help us fight this deadly disease. Some other helpful hints and facts that did you know. One third of all cancer deaths that occur each year can be prevented through, again, healthier diets, following a more active lifestyle, and maintaining a healthy weight. The American Cancer Society also puts out another statement that says, fruits and vegetables, as part of a diet low in saturated fat, can also help to reduce your risk of obesity. And obesity has been shown to raise the overall risk of these cancers, breast, prostate, colorectal, and even some evidence towards cancers of the kidneys and the ovaries. So not only will fruits and vegetables by themselves alone 
help you to decrease your cancer risk. It may even help to decrease our obesity epidemic that we are suffering from. The National Cancer Institute promotes their slogan of eat five a day for good health. This five a day program was launched to encourage the consumption of more fruits and vegetables in a cancer fighting diet. There's also evidence to support that these fruits and vegetables can prevent cancer over a lifetime. So this is not going to be a quick fix type thing. This is going to be something that we want to encourage you to do over your lifetime to prevent these diseases. You'll note here that at the top of the page we start with five a day for good health. By the time we've gotten to the bottom of this slide, now we're talking about more matters. Fruits and veggies more matters. There's no number down there. This is the latest slogan, is that fruits and veggies more matters. The Produce for Better Health Foundation changed their slogan from five to nine a day to this fruits and veggies more matters slogan. Meaning the emphasis is now put on more than five servings a day. We knew that five was good. We encouraged somewhere between five to nine servings a day but we now know that the more fruits and vegetables you get every day, the better off you're going to be. I also put the website on here for you to look through at your leisure. It's a very interesting website uh, from the Produce for Better Health Foundation. They have lots of encouraging tips for fruits and vegetables. So let's talk about some of the cancer-fighting properties that you can get from fruits and vegetables and why they are so important for us. They contain vitamins, minerals, phytochemicals, and antioxidants. Now I know some of you are thinking, okay, I've heard phytochemicals, I've heard antioxidants, what does that mean, where do they come from, why are they important? Good thing you're here. That's what we're gonna talk about today. In general, the more color, or the richer the color, the deeper the color of your fruits and vegetables that you choose, the more nutrients that that product is going to contain. So the more vibrant colors you choose and the more variety of colors you choose, the better off you're going to be. They also contain a variety of nutrients and these phytochemicals and antioxidants depending on the color of the fruits and vegetables. What do those antioxidants mean? Well, first off, let's define what antioxidants are. They protect our body from the oxidation process. Oxidation is something that naturally occurs within the cells in your body. It's the breaking down of those cells. It is a naturally occurring process, but it does lead to an increased risk of cancer. Much like the oxidation of metal produces rust, oxidation of cells in our body can produce cancer-forming areas. So where are we going to get these powerful antioxidants in our diet, and what are they? These antioxidants are things like vitamin C, which we get from red and yellow bell peppers, pineapples, oranges, broccoli, and kiwi. Vitamin E, again, red and yellow bell peppers and butternut squash. And the carotenoids from things like apricots, broccoli, pumpkin, cantaloupes, spinach, and sweet potatoes. 
Notice on this slide that I tried to pick a variety of colors. There's a lot of colorful fruits and vegetables that we can find. Hopefully, I know some people do not like a lot of some types of things, be it I don't like broccoli or I don't like spinach. You don't just have to eat all of the same vegetables all of the time. You can vary what you eat from different food groups, from different food colors, I should say. Moving on to phytochemicals. They're also their own version of antioxidants, but they're found in things like carrots that have alpha carotene. Beta carotene is also in carrots. Lutein is found in spinach. Lycopene is a hot topic out on the market right now in tomatoes from tomato sauce. It's also found in watermelon. Anthocyanins are located in blueberries, and flavonoids are located in apples. Again, a wide variety of colors and mixing fruits and vegetables to provide you with the antioxidants to help fight cancer agents. Let's talk a little bit about supplements. We've been talking about these antioxidants and the phytochemicals and we've been listing specific things such as vitamin C, vitamin E. What is the benefit of getting these antioxidants and phytochemicals from the actual fruit versus just taking a pill? Good question. Hopefully we have the answer for that. Currently, scientists are studying the individual sources of these antioxidants and the phytochemicals, but the results aren't back yet. Meaning, we don't have a definite answer that the vitamin C or the vitamin E you can get from eating that fruit is the same as the vitamin and the antioxidants that you can get from taking that supplement alone. Therefore, the current best choice and best recommendation is to eat that actual fruit or vegetable. There is some belief, too, that it might be the interaction with the other vitamins, or minerals, and nutrients in that actual piece of fruit or vegetable that helps those cancer-fighting agents, such as the antioxidants and the phytochemicals, to work. So although it might be the lycopene in a product that we believe to be the aid in cancer-fighting agents, it might actually be that lycopene's interaction with that whole vegetable or that whole fruit that creates that cancer-causing, or that, I'm sorry, that cancer-preventing agent. Therefore, when we eliminate that actual piece of fruit or vegetable and single out that one nutrient, we might be missing the link. We might be missing the connection. Therefore, we might not be getting the benefits that we thought we once were. Let's move on a little bit and talk about fiber. Fiber is a powerful cancer-fighting compound. It's found in things such as fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and beans. It also helps to increase the satiety by taking up extra space in your stomach. Your stomach measures when you're full based on volume. So if we fill your stomach volume-wise with high-fiber foods, they're going to take up a lot of space versus something that is lower in fiber doesn't take up much space at all. The other benefit of increasing your satiety and keeping you fuller over a longer period of time 
is now your body has to work harder and takes longer to break down that fiber content of that food than something that is lacking in fiber. One of the pictures here on your slide is actually a grain. And you'll note that there, the dark brown co co excuse me, coating around that grain is the outer shell. This would be something like a brown rice versus a white rice. The brown rice has an extra coating. Where do we get fiber from fruits and vegetables? Things that have seeds and things that have skin on them. So if you're going to have a baked potato, make sure that you eat the skin as well to receive the benefits of fiber. If you're going to have an apple, make sure that you eat it with the skin on to receive the benefits of that apple. How much fiber should you eat a day? The current recommendation is 25 to 35 grams of fiber a day. Now I do want to point out that increasing the fiber content of your diet also requires you to increase the fluid content of your diet. Because the role of fiber is to add bulk to your stool. And without increasing the fluid content, you might end up constipated then you would be coming back at me saying, I increased the fiber content, now there's a problem. Little did you know that today's Lunch and Learn was going to be talking about going to the bathroom. <laughs> fiber can also help you to remove potentially harmful substance in your digestive tract. I like to think of fiber acting as a street sweeper as it goes through my body. It helps to clean out all of the nooks and crannies because it takes up extra space and it's got more of a bulk to it. So it might help to slough off those dead cells with inside your digestive tract that maybe with a low fiber food you might not be able to get rid of as easy. Fiber can also help to lower your risk of heart disease. So fiber is a very, very, very powerful substance in terms of cancer fighting and in also terms of keeping your heart healthy. Let's do a comparison between fresh, frozen, or canned fruits and vegetables. What's better, what's worse, and what's the difference? Fresh vegetables, they usually have the most nutritional sources and the most nutritional value. Although, some things to keep in mind they may lose some of that value from the time they're picked, packaged, shipped, and sold, and then consumed by us in our own homes. There's a, could be a big time frame from the time that fruit or vegetable was picked to the time that you actually consume it. Although, still your best bet for getting the most nutritional value. Second on the list would be frozen vegetables or fruit. They keep their nutritional value longer because they are quickly frozen at their peak of ripeness. So they stay at that frozen state until we're ready to use them or to consume them. Canned vegetables or fruits can sometimes have their nutrients affected by the canning process alone because of the high heat that is required to make those cans shelf stable it can actually affect some of the heat-sensitive nutrients located in those fruits and vegetables. It's important to remember two things when we're talking about canned fruits and vegetables. 
When we're talking about canned fruits, I want to caution you about things that contain heavy syrup. My recommendation would be to find canned fruits that are either labeled light or packaged in 100% fruit juice. Otherwise, they are packaged in heavy syrup, which is nothing more than adding extra sugar to those canned fruits. My caution with canned vegetables is to watch the sodium content. The salt is actually used as a preservative. It helps to keep those vegetables shelf stable over a longer period of time. You can buy low sodium or no salt added canned vegetables, or you can always use the recommendation that if you want a vegetable that's going to last over a longer period of time, those frozen vegetables do not have any additives to them. Their ability to stay essentially shelf stable or freezer stable is the fact that they are frozen. Moving on to cooking methods, also very important in terms of keeping the nutrients within the vegetables or the fruit before you eat them. Boiling fruits or vegetables in water over an especially long period of time can actually leach the water-soluble vitamins out of the fruit and especially vegetables. Therefore, when you're done boiling those vegetables and the vegetables are cooked, you dump the water down the drain and do not consume it, there went all of those water-soluble vitamins down the drain with the boiling water. Now they're not in the fruits and vegetables anymore. The best, best methods to use are to microwave, to steam, to grill, or to stir-fry. Microwaving and steaming uses only a little bit of water. Therefore, there's not that complete overall pouring of water over top of those fruits and vegetables so that the water-soluble vitamins are not leached out of those fruits and vegetables. They are held within the fruits and vegetables, so therefore you do get to consume them when you eat those fruits and vegetables. Grilling and stir-frying adds a unique taste to fruits and vegetables, all at the same time while preserving the nutrients within those food sources. I will caution you if you stir fry to be cautious of the fat content that you're adding to your fruits and vegetables. If you're going to use oil, I would encourage you to use an olive oil or a canola oil or to use a non-stick cooking spray on the pan. Let's go on and talk about serving sizes. How are we going to get five or more servings of fruits and vegetables every day into our diet if we don't know what one serving size is? You might be surprised to find out that the serving sizes are actually smaller than what we might think. Everything listed on this slide counts as one serving size. So it's a half a cup of canned fruit it's one medium piece of raw fruit, and we'll talk in a minute as to how big or small a medium piece of fruit is. It's a fourth of a cup of dried fruit, three-fourths of a cup of 100% fruit juice or vegetable juice. I want to point out that you want to make sure if you're drinking juice that it does say it is 100% juice on the label. It could be one cup of raw leafy vegetables, or it could be just a half a cup of cooked vegetables. 
Well, what do these portion sizes look like if I don't want to get out my measuring cups? One medium apple or orange is about the size of a tennis ball. These are the apples or oranges that you would get from a bag of apples or oranges. On occasion when I talk with people and we talk about eating fruits and vegetables and getting five or more servings a day, sometimes their eyes bug out of their heads because they look at me in disbelief thinking that one apple is one of those big monster apples that you see in the stores that you can buy individually. When in reality, that could be two or three servings of fruit and that apple alone. Another thing to think of is that one cup of vegetables or fruit would be about the size of a baseball, very similar to our tennis ball size. A medium potato, which would be one serving, is the size of a computer mouse. Not very big at all. And one cup of lettuce is actually four leaves of lettuce. We're talking head lettuce. But four leaves is it. So a regular salad would be like two servings, like what I just had. Exactly. You're exactly right. That would be easily two servings. These next couple slides talk about tips for adding more fruits and vegetables into your diet. Hopefully we're going to come up with some great ideas. Hopefully you're going to leave here today with some easy ways to add more fruits and vegetables to what you're already consuming. To provide yourself with those antioxidants, with those phytochemicals and those phytonutrients. You can add fruit to cooked or cold cereals. Again, 100% fruit juice is showing up, or it could be vegetable juice. My caution with juices is that they add up in calories very quickly, especially fruit juice. Although you want to choose 100% fruit juice, you could actually provide yourself with more nutrients if you were to eat the actual piece of fruit. Going back a couple slides, we talked about fiber. I saw a gentleman in the back actually eating an orange a little bit ago. He was receiving more nutrients from eating that orange than he would have by drinking the same volume of fruit juice or orange juice because of the fiber content he was receiving from the actual orange. Juices are solely juice. They are very low in fiber content, so we can add more nutrients at the same time while eating the actual fruit or vegetable. But in a crunch, fruit juices and vegetable juices are still okay. You can snack on a four ounce container of applesauce, which again is just half a cup, so that counts as one serving. You can have five or six baby carrots, again, adding another serving to your diet. Or you could have a fourth of a cup of something such as dried cranberries, raisins, or bananas, and these could be the dried fruits that you may add to your cereals in the morning. You can add vegetables to your sandwich at lunch. Even if you're going out to lunch, if you stop it at Wendy's or McDonald's or another fast food place, make sure that you ask to put vegetables on your sandwich. If you do get a hamburger, that you have lettuce and tomato and onion on that sandwich because when you add up all of those vegetables, that counts as a vegetable serving. You could have a cup of vegetable soup and lots of vegetable soups also have beans in them as well. And we talked about beans as being a very high fiber choice. 
You can add a side salad with reduced fat dressing or light dressing to whatever meal you're having. You can add fresh or even dried fruits to your salad. And you can add your favorite vegetables to a variety of casseroles. Not only does it increase the nutrient content of that casserole, it's likely to add some color and some texture to the casserole that you're already producing. Other things you can do, you can add your favorite fruit as a topping to low-fat frozen yogurt. You can also make smoothies from that yogurt or skim milk by adding a variety and again, adding lots of colorful fruits. You can use fresh or you can also use frozen as we talked about. You can also have cooked fruit by using your microwave to cook your apple or a pear. You can add some cinnamon or some nutmeg to essentially produce yourself a dessert without adding lots of fat calories from a, a pie or a danish or a, um, or a cobbler. Other helpful tips. I would encourage you to keep cleaned and ready to eat fruits and vegetables in your refrigerator at all times. One of the guidelines I encourage and even attempt to follow myself. When I go to the grocery store and I purchase this beautiful, colorful variety of fresh fruits and vegetables, within that day or the next day, I take time from my schedule to clean and cut up all of those fruits and vegetables. It's a little bit harder with fruits because they don't keep as long, but it's very easy to do with the vegetables because now they're cleaned, cut up, and prepared in my refrigerator. So when I'm ready for a snack, all I have to do is open the container. It's all about availability and what you're ready to reach for. If I come home and I'm ready for a snack and I have to clean and prepare that fruit or vegetable, I might not do it. I might actually reach for something else that's higher in calories, lower in nutrient value, because then all I have to do is open the bag or open the box, and it's prepared and ready to eat. So if I prepare myself for those snacks, or if I prepare myself for those times when I'm going to be hungry with fruits and vegetables, then I'm going to be ready when that time gets there. And I'm more likely to actually eat those fruits and vegetables, because if I leave them to sit on my counter, they're probably going to rot before I have the chance to clean them and eat them. So now I've just thrown money down the drain because I did not eat those vegetables that I had good intentions of eating because I didn't get them cleaned in time before they perished. Other ways to help with this is you can purchase pre-washed and pre-cut fruits and vegetables to reduce your preparation time. They've been doing it with baby carrots for a long, long time. They're also doing it now with broccoli and cauliflower that you can buy them in a bag already in the little florets ready to eat. Same thing with lettuce. You don't have to buy a head of lettuce anymore. You don't have to buy a, a sold bag of, of spinach. You don't have to buy romaine hearts. You can buy them already mixed, cut, cleaned in a bag. All you have to do is open them and pour them into a bowl. So our chances and our choices and our availability of adding these fruits and vegetables to our diet is increasing every day. It's supply and demand. We as Americans 
are running out of time. There's never enough time in the day. We always say it's hard to eat healthy. It's expensive to eat healthy. It's not convenient. So the manufacturing companies are starting to make it convenient for us. They're doing the work for us. They're cutting up those fruits and vegetables and they're preparing them for us. So all we have to do is select them and eat them. Some other things you can do is trying a salsa with baked chips. Again, just half a cup of salsa adds a vegetable serving to your day. As we go, as we've gone through this slideshow, I hope that you have learned that a lot of things have to do with portion sizes. Our portion sizes in America have grown exponentially. What we used to think was one portion, or what we currently think is one portion, is actually three or four servings according to the food guide pyramid. Important things to know. This actually believes us to the brings us to the conclusion, and I see a question. Yes, ma'am. Frozen and fresh overdried. Good question. The difference between frozen and fresh fruit, um, the frozen fruit and the fresh fruit have more of a water content over the dried fruit. So the only difference that is changed between a fresh fruit or frozen fruit and a dried fruit is the water content. So the vitamins are still there just because they're, they're dehydrated. The water is actually not um, removed. It, although we might think it's similar to boiling the vegetables to remove the water-soluble vitamins, the water-soluble vitamins actually stay within the fruit. So the difference would just be the water content. So if you were going to solely eat dried fruit, which you could do, you would need to make sure that you got enough fluid in your diet from either liquid sources or other fruits and vegetables that add fluid. Yes, ma'am. Wow, an opinion question. Good one. Um, it's a personal choice. Uh, again, more of a convenience product. Definitely something that you could make at home. Um, so a convenience in, in terms of things that someone has prepared it for you and it's in a bottle form ready to go. A lot of the difference, and I think this might be kind of a thing as, oh, what's my opinion on organic versus non-organic foods? Is that kind of where um, that's also going to be a personal opinion and a personal choice. There is no nutritional difference between an organic fruit and vegetable than a non-organic fruit and vegetable. It's just the, the growing process, what was put on it, what was used to produce those fruits and vegetables, how they were harvested, and how they're stored. So in terms of nutri nu nutrient quality, there is not a difference. But in terms of, so the one thing, the little that I know about organic farming is that the land tends not to be overused, and in big business markets, the land, I guess there's a potential for the land to be overused. So in terms of nutritional value that's being, so for one thing, one can think that organic farms are gonna have more nutrients in the soil than non-organic farms. So does that mean that more is being transferred to the, to the produce? That is something that is still, um, still being discussed and still attempting to be tested mm -hmm. to see if those if that is actually the case. That is very good thinking. A lot of people are thinking that way. We still don't exactly have the answer to that at this point in time. 
Great questions. Other questions? Go ahead. One thing that you mentioned was um, if you go to a fast food restaurant, ask for, uh, if you get a hamburger, ask, you know, put lettuce on there and, uh, or give a side salad. But a lot of the fast food places will only offer ice for lettuce. Correct. And from what I understand, there is zero nutritional value besides the water content in iceberg. Um, so I guess what, so then if you are going to get that side salad or something, you would have to try to ask for maybe like the, uh, like the Caesar salad, one that has romaine instead of iceberg. You definitely could. Um, at the same point in time, you, know, you did make a good point that what is the nutritional value of iceberg lettuce? The water content, and the water content also helps to add water to your diet. It is a bit of a toss-up, but it also helps with that water content and the fiber content because it's going to take up more space in your stomach that maybe you're not going to be able to eat the, the value meal or it still would be a better choice to choose the iceberg salad as a side versus the french fries. You're still saving yourself. Occasionally they actually put a tomato on there or maybe a slice of cucumber too. <laughs> They're trying, I promise they are, they're trying. They're trying to add more variety, they're trying to add more choices to what we currently have. Because again, the demand is there. And that's what I would encourage you to keep doing as a consumer, to demand these products. It's for your health, it's for your benefit, so that we can add to the 10 million cancer survivors or that we can maybe find the cure in the future. Yes, ma'am. Your tip side that talked about adding the side salad with reduced fat dressing. Is it true that if you add fat free dressings to it, that can neglect the nutritional content that your body is absorbing then from the different vegetables? Um, I might skirt around that question a little bit. Uh, what I would encourage you, as long as you do not um, have a medical condition that 100% requires you to have fat free products that I would encourage you to choose the reduced fat products because you do need some fat content in your diet because of the fat-soluble vitamins. It does help with absorption if there is a fat content or fat source in your meal. So I guess I didn't completely skirt around your question. It is important to have some sort of fat content within your diet, be it at that meal or sometime throughout the day to help absorb those vitamins. Oh, vitamin E is one of the antioxidants that we talked about, but it's also a fat-soluble vitamin. So if everything I eat is, is fat-free and I do not contain any fat in my diet, how am I going to absorb that vitamin E as a fat-soluble vitamin, or where am I going to store it? Now I know all of us, you know, we all are completely fat-free and do not have any fat, but hypothetically, <coughs> hypothetically, it is very important to have in your diet. Great question. I will encourage you that if you haven't done it yet to go to yourplanforhealth.com and sign up for the incentive program so that you can log this program towards your incentive points. Um, how many of you have done that so far? Great. Very good. If you haven't, it's very easy to do. I'm sure most of you could tell us that it walks you through step by step. Um, many benefits to that, including cash. But I hope that you will do that and I hope that this has been beneficial and helpful to you. Any other questions at this point in time? Go ahead.
serving today? How many have had vegetables yet today? How many are going to have more fruit and vegetables today? <laughs> Hopefully everyone. This is very important as a, again, a lifestyle. Not only for yourself, for your families, for your children, for your nieces and nephews, that if these things are available and we're actually consuming them, that we're going to help ourselves, not only in, in cancer-fighting agents, but also with heart disease. Thank you all for coming. Go ahead. Isn't it true that when they pick these vegetables, what, they pick them green. How much nutritional content is in that? You know, do they bounce it? I mean, infiltrate it with all kinds of stuff to make it look pretty. So, like, are you really getting all the colors that you think you're getting? You're getting a lot of them. I, I do believe that you are getting a lot of them. I just get more and more skeptical. I know. It's okay. It's okay. And then it goes back 
to the you know personal preference of organic farming versus natural farming versus putting a tomato plant on your back porch and knowing what you're getting yourself by what you're growing which also goes back to the the, the supply and the demand and the time issue I don't know if we all had time to grow our own gardens and space and energy wouldn't be an issue. So it's, again, the supply and demand. Thank you all for coming. I hope this has been beneficial. Thank you.